The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Help! I need somebody! Help! Not just anybody! Help! You know I need someone! Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Welcome to Episode 187 of Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, your host, After retiring from medical practice, I became an activist for family caregiving. Our topic today is how we set up an internet charity for family caregivers. Family caregivers are the people who provide care to partners, parents, children, grandchildren, brothers, sisters, cousins, friends, neighbors, and even co-workers. And they include single parent family, family caregivers. Families number as many as a 100 million in North America. And at some point in their lives, up to half, half of these families will be involved in family caregiving. So family caregivers' contribution to our healthcare systems is enormous financially and socially, but the support family caregivers need isn't always forthcoming. So more and more Caregivers are organizing themselves as communities intent on strengthening family caregiving. And setting up a charity is one way of getting organized, which is why our topic today, how we set up our internet charity for family caregivers, is so important. To talk about it, our guests are Mary Bart and Chris Cater. Mary is founder and chair of an internet-based registered Canadian charity operating as Caregiving Matters. That's its name. Her father died of cancer in 2005. Her mother died of Alzheimer's disease in 2008. She was a parent's principal caregiver for 10 years, so she has extensive experience in helping aging parents, dealing with family dynamics, and working with public and private organizations supporting seniors. She understands the joys, the challenges, and also the pain, sorrow, and stress of what she calls this difficult chapter in our lives, and she's determined to help others during the difficult chapters in their lives. Chris is Director of Caregiving Matters, the charity. His professional experience includes over 14 years of complex e-business and e-commerce application design and project management. The Internet Marketing Service work would not leave him alone, he says, so he started Spark Internet Marketing with three other partners. And until 2012, he spent all of his time and experience developing the business with his partners and enjoying the services they offered their customers. Then in January 2012, he decided to make another move and joined the outstanding 
team at Axiom Real-Time Metrics as their chief innovation officer, working on new product development, marketing, and new business initiatives. So welcome to the show, Mary and Chris. Thank you. Now, Mary, first question for you, please. Please tell us a little bit more about your career and your experience, your own experience of family caregiving. Firstly, I'd like to thank you for having us on your show. It's a wonderful opportunity, and your program adds so much value to family caregivers. So to you, we say thank you for creating this wonderful show. Um, I guess what I would like to do is basically tell you a little bit about my experiences as a family caregiver, and mostly to say many days I was honored to do what I did, and many days I truly went out of my mind. And if you're a family caregiver listening to this show, I'm sure you can relate to what I just said. Let me share one brief experience which will combine the joys of caregiving with um, the incredible stress that also comes with caregiving. One day while I was taking my dad to the hospital for his chemo treatments, before we left his home, my parents' home, I went down to the basement and turned the breaker off on the stove so that my mom would not wake up from her nap and try and make a cup of tea and burn the kettle dry or hurt herself. So it was a normal routine for me to go and turn the breaker off and my dad and I would head off to the hospital. While we were there, I truly had wonderful times with him listening to his great stories of being a spy during the war, sharing those stories and often singing songs for everybody in the chemo clinic. The day that we came home that I will always remember, I went down to the basement to turn the breaker on so that I could get their supper going again. And while in the basement, I decided to do what most people do in the basement, is laundry. So I thought I'd get the laundry started and then get their supper going. Well, I must tell you, when I opened the lid to the washing machine, I could barely, barely believe what I was looking at. While we had been at the hospital, my mom had gone down to the basement and meticulously lined the drum of the washing machine with glass jars. There was relish jars, pickle jars, mayonnaise jars, and I stared at it for a minute. I couldn't believe it. And I said three things to myself. First of all, what if she had turned it on? What if she had put her little hands in listening to the clanging? And most importantly, I said to myself, what am I going to do? And so every day as a family caregiver, you don't know what the surprises are going to be. It it is uncharted territory, and none of us as family caregivers are ever trained to do what we do. It's not like I ever said to my dad, Dad, I can hardly wait to be your power of attorney. Those are days that I will never forget, and it is those days of great joy and great stress that drove me to the point to say, there must be others like me who need help, who need education and support. Right. Thank you for the comments about this show. Chris, to you now. Please, you tell us more about your career and of any experience you or your family have with family caregiving. Chris? Sure, sure. So, um... Um, I, I like to think of my my mother as my hero, 
Um, when I was uh, very young, my father passed away and, and, uh, and left my brother and I, who's three years older, to, uh, to take care of my mom. And at the time, we didn't know it. I was, uh, I was 12 at the time. My brother would have been 15. Um, at that time, my mom you know, was a, was a homemaker, and, uh, and she'd never finished high school. Uh, but she also happened to be an alcoholic and uh, chain-smoked and uh, suffered from some mental health issues that uh, were more or less uh, unknown to my brother and I. And um, when my father passed away, uh, those, all those issues sort of came to a head, and, and we were living abroad uh, in Mexico at the time, and, and my mom, with the help of her sister, managed to, uh, to move us back to Canada, where we... Uh, bought a home and, and started to sort of rebuild our lives. But in that process, she got progressively more sick. And, um, and it was up to my brother and I to uh, basically run the house. So all through high school, uh, for, the, for the most part of it, um, you know, she was uh, have, drinking heavily uh, and, and very not well. And, uh, and we battled um, her mental health issues because in her situation, uh, she tended to fall through the cracks of the mental health system where um, she would get sick maybe once every uh, 6 to 12 months and, and no psychiatrist would want to work with her long enough to try and help her through those issues. But what happened was, you know, through all of it, um, my brother and I persevered and, and managed to keep the house together and keep the family together. But she reached a point in her life where she had reached rock bottom and she had to make a choice between dying, ultimately, or getting well. And, and she chose to get well, which was, you know, obviously of, of, of joy to my brother and I. And um, uh, she, she joined AA, and she's been sober for all 25 years now. And um, uh, she stopped smoking. She, she went to a, um, a, a hypnotherapist session to stop smoking. So she, she got a hold of her alcoholism and her, uh, her, her other health issues. And and it's only been recently that um, in the last five years that she actually finally really came to terms with her mental health issues, and she's been well. But in that process, throughout all of it, um, she never stopped caring for my brother and I. And uh, she even went back to high school, got her um, grade 13 uh, diploma. In fact, we went to an English class together in high school. And uh, after she graduated from high school, she decided she wanted to become a registered massage therapist because, of course, she had to continue to uh, pay for, you know, our house and things like that. So she went to school and became an RMT and, um, and has been practicing as an RMT for, I think, uh, the last 15 years as well. Um, so I, I see her as my hero. If, if she can overcome uh, alcoholism and smoking addiction and mental health issues and live a successful, wonderful life in her senior years uh, and has, has been around long enough to see her grandkids grow up, um, you know, she's definitely a role model for me. So that's sort of the experience I've had as, uh, as, a, as a caregiver. And from a career perspective... I'm going to stop you, Chris, because the tyranny of time is such oh, that we've sure. only got a couple of minutes left, but we'll give you, we won't shut you out altogether. No I just want to basically ask you both about why you got, you created Caregiving Matters. Um, I know the answer, really, and that is your own experience, but there was something else. So very quickly, Mary, you please tell us why you created it. And Chris, after Mary, you please tell us why you got involved. 
Well, very simply, the reason we wanted to create it, it was we wanted a way for people to come together, leveraging technologies to both share stories and have a forum for education, resources, and support. Um, so that's basically what we did, and the way we do it is 90% of what we do as a charity is online, and 10% produces local events that are educational. Right. And so our I'm target market st- are family caregivers with access to the Internet. Great. Now, I'm only going to stop you because I want Chris just to say, why did you get involved? Sure. Um, I got involved because uh, I had reached a point in my, in my not only my, my life but in my career where I was looking for an opportunity to give back. And uh, I wanted to do that both uh, at a charitable level, so I was actively looking for charities that I could get involved in, but, but, but in particular ones where I had a, uh, a strong bond with. And on the career side, I also wanted to leverage my experience with, um, you know, with the Internet, with building e-commerce and e-business websites and navigating the whole world of the Internet. Um, I wanted to bring those two together and, and, and help a charity with that. So when Mary and I first met up, I was very thrilled uh, to hear what she was wanting to do with the charity. Right, Chris, that's great. I'm going to stop you there because the tyranny of time is such that we have to take a break, which is where we pay the rent. So I'm going to do that now. This is Dr. Gordon Adley and my guests are Mary Bart and Chris Carter. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio for Power River. Please stay with us. We're coming back. us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Have you ever felt that it's time to get out of the box? Why are you putting that project off? It's already there in your mind. What are you going to do today to change your life tomorrow? Listen for Live Your Life with Melissa Brown. Get ready to expand the capacity of your heart and mind. Move yourself beyond the mundane and get prepared to do what you've been called to do. There is no time like the present, and the whole world is waiting for you. Tune in Monday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Who are we? Can we really make the world a better place? How can the mantle of personal power be most effectively passed from generation to generation? There is no correct answer, but by tuning in to Birthright of Power with Reverends Don and Jane Lewis, the goal is that you will find some help in this journey. What does it mean to be a warrior with multiple meanings of that word? How do we stay strong in the face of changing times? Listen to Birthright of Power, live every Monday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We're on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. That's D-O-C, the letter G, at familycaregiversunite.org. Don't forget, you can catch new episodes of our program twice every week, Mondays on the Voice America Empowerment Channel, 
and Tuesdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Mary Bart and Chris Cutter. Our topic is how we set up our internet charity for family caregivers. Now, I want to talk, please, with you both about the charity, Caregiving Matters, its work, and why you chose to establish it as a registered internet charity. So, Mary, first, at what stage is the work of Caregiving Matters? What's the nature of its work, and for whom is the work chiefly beneficial? Mary? We have just started our fifth year of operation. Our target market is family caregivers with internet access. And what we do is we leverage technologies and the use of the Internet in everything that we do. For example, in 2012, when we launched a new website, we added into that um, educational articles by health experts, lawyers, social workers. We have a section called Dear Mary, which which is an opinion column where people write and ask me questions, and I offer peer support much like Dear Abby. We have a new program called Caregiver Heroes that in the GTA someone can get nominated and we actually go out to their homes and give them amazing gifts and thank them for being family caregivers. We also have a new section called Caregiver Classifieds where people can post items for sale or if they want to buy them, such as walkers and wheelchairs. And when we do local events, we always have a technology bent to them, and that always means doing live webinars, creating website video highlights, and often producing DVDs of the projects. And some some of the projects that we've done include an elder abuse awareness project that actually was seen at 33 seniors' homes, eight businesses, and three hospitals across Ontario. We also sent out 500 DVDs to senior centres and other organizations. Another project was called uh, Diversity and Family Caregiving, where we had family caregivers come together in Toronto. We had representatives from 22 countries and four religions all coming together to share caregiving stories. And a new project that we are still working on, which is the Wellness of Family Caregivers, where we speak to issues of uh, alcohol abuse, injury prevention, how to care for yourself, how to deal with caregiver burnout. So everything we do is focused on family caregivers, but by leveraging technologies, we just reach more and more people. Great. Now, talking of technologies, Chris, what is an internet charity and how does it differ from other types of charities and what are its advantages for the work of the charity Caregiving Matters? Chris? I'd say the, the fundamental difference is that we, we don't require a physical location. Uh, apart from that, we're, we're very similar to other charities. Uh, but the benefit that the Internet provides us as, a, as an Internet charity is it really does reduce our operating costs and allows us to spend more money helping people um, so we can uh, do much more with the, with the funds that we raise. Uh, delivering our message through the Internet is far more effective, uh, it's less expensive, and it has a far greater reach than traditional mediums. So we get uh, traffic to the website from around the world. Um, so it, it uh, very effectively lets us reach that broader audience. And it also acts as an archive of all of our past work. 
So when visitors come to our site, they're not just exposed to the most recent things that we've done, but they can dig in and find the answers to their questions, even if we've covered those topics in the years before. So I'd say those are the fundamental differences. Right. Now, Mary, let's go back to the very beginning, um, because I'd like you to tell us about the steps you took to create the charity, regardless of what it was called in in the beginning. Um, Starting really at the very earliest moment that you saw the need to create it. And what I'm after here is for somebody who's thinking about doing it the same way as you've done it, what are the steps in those early stages that you want to talk about? Well, basically, my vision was to connect sons and daughters all over the world who were dealing with the declining health or death of a parent. Leveraging technology was the way to do that. And so what I did was, first of all, had the vision that that's what we want. We want to create an Internet-based registered charity. And that, at the time, was a fairly new concept. So building on my vision, I was able to find amazing volunteers from various professional disciplines to help uh, build the business plan that we would eventually present to the government. So we had a social worker, we had a nurse, we had a man with an MBA, and, of course, Chris, who is on the radio with us today. We also had webinars and graphics artists, all volunteering to help create this. Then what we did was something very, very important. We hired a lawyer who specializes in charities. Not all lawyers do, and it took a little bit of digging, actually, to find one who specializes in charities. It's very different work, and it requires uh, very specific information that the Canada Revenue Agency demands of us. So we found a great lawyer, and what we did was, while they were doing all the legal paperwork of incorporating us and filling out forms and licenses and all those kinds of things, we wrote the business plan. So that took two or three months for us to write the plan and for the lawyers to do what lawyers do. Then what we did was, in December 2007, our plan was ready and the lawyers were ready, so we sent off our application to be applied to the Canada Revenue Agency. Our lawyer said it will usually take a year to a year and a half to be approved, if you get approved, assuming there's no major issues. Well, we were so lucky to be authorized by mid-February 2008, and as our lawyer said, Mary, somebody just gets what you're trying to do. So I think that we were quite lucky, but my my suggestion to people is think long and hard about what you want to do. Make sure you've got some money in your back pocket because lawyers are not cheap, but you sure couldn't do it without lawyers. Very, very important point. Chris? One of the reasons donors donate to charities is to honor the life of a loved one who's passed away. How is the internet used as a way to honor the person named in a donation? And how would you explain to a grieving family the use of the internet in this way? Chris? Yeah, there's, um, there's some traditional ways, uh, vir- you know, lighting a virtual candle, um, purchasing virtual flowers, um, a dedication website specifically or Facebook pages and more. Um, but my favorite 
method is through sharing stories. Um, and that's one of the things we do through Caregiving Matters is allow people to share stories about their loved ones. And I, I personally find it very therapeutic in two ways. One, it, it helps me remember not only the good times but also the bad times and, and, and helps give meaning to those events in our lives. But in writing, them, writing those stories down and sharing them through a website like Caregiving Matters, it exposes that story to so many other people. And you'd be amazed at how many people have had similar experiences and, and perhaps through your, your stories and your experiences can derive better meaning uh, from their own events in their lives. And so that's, that's the way that I think uh, is, a, is a very good way for people um, you know, to honor their loved ones, and that's through sharing those stories through uh, a site like Caregiving Matters. One of the things I've learned from this show, Mary and Chris, is the importance of stories. When people are saying, in effect, I've been there, I've done that, I've experienced that, they are more than just credible to the listeners. They become very real people. And when you, the listener, are listening to somebody who's been through the kind of things that you're going through, uh, you know that this is somebody who really does know what they're talking about. And so what's very interesting to both of you is this sense that the Internet can share those stories more and more widely in such a way that they give hope and strength to the people who are listening to them. Now, just very quickly, Mary first. Is that right? Have I what I said? Does that ring resonate with you? Sorry, could you repeat that again? Yes. I've just said that what you're doing is using the Internet to share stories in a way that help other people. Mary, do you agree with that? Oh, absolutely, because we can reach people all over the world. They come to our site 24-7, and they're looking for somebody who they, who they can relate to, and we can help them. Right. Chris, am I right? Do you agree with me on that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Right. Now, once again, it's time to take the break. So we're going to do that now um, because, as I always say, we have to pay the rent. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and my guests are Mary Bart and Chris Cater. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio for Powell River. Please stay with us. We will be back. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. When you make decisions, do you ever find yourself in doubt? Are you trying to figure out what's right with you? Are you ready to truly change your life? Listen for the Access Consciousness Radio Show with the founders of Access Consciousness, Gary Douglas and Dr. Dane Here, Consciousness is all about including everything and judging nothing. Our program will help you break free from your personal limitations and enhance positive change in all areas of your life. Tune in to Access Consciousness, Thursdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. 
Now you can discover your true identity through connecting healthy relationships. Make your contribution to the world that you live in. Tune into Love Yourself with host Dorothy Doctor, the self-love coach. Dorothy is a gifted listener as well as an empowerment expert. She can help you take those first steps toward moving forward in your life and the lives of others. Find your true, authentic self. Love Yourself with Dorothy Doctor is broadcast live every Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. That's D-O-C, the letter G, at familycaregiversunite.org. Don't forget, you can catch new episodes of our program twice every week. Mondays on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite. I'm Mary Bart and Chris Cater. Our topic is how we set up our internet charity for family caregivers. So now, both of you, please, I want to talk about the challenges in setting up a charity and the advice you have for others wanting to do something similar. You've already mentioned some of these things, but I want you to just go around the same circle again, but in much more detail. Mary, what were the challenges, the most important challenges you encountered as you progressed through the steps of setting up Caregiving Matters as a charity? First of all, believe in what you're doing. And if you believe in what you're doing, there's really no obstacles that will ever stop you. We are a grassroots world charity. We're all volunteers. And actually, we don't even have high-speed Internet access. So there you go. That is one technology um, difficulty that we don't even think about. We just know how to reach people. So wherever you are, with whatever technologies you've got, you, you can make it work. The second most important thing, and it sits over my desk on my corkboard, and it is the word I have created, and it is called stickability. I know it's not a real word, but it has real meaning. So you stick at it, you keep going, you change what needs to be changed, and you keep what is good, and then eventually things will stick. And when they stick, things really start to happen. And it's through that stickability that we've been able to receive funding from the federal government, the Ontario Trillium Foundation, the Ontario government, uh, corporations like Shoppers Drug Mart, Google Grants, and many others. So we are very proud to say, boy, sticking at it means that there is success. Very nice. Stickability. I shall remember that and take it to heart. Now, Chris, I'm still talking about challenges. What were the Internet challenges, if indeed there were any, that you encountered as you progressed through the steps, steps for setting up caregiving matters as something on the internet and as a charity. Chris? Yeah, in the very beginning, you know, the, the hardest part was, was really figuring out what we wanted to do. 
giving all, given all the choices that the Internet offered us, I mean, there's so many things that you can do with a website these days. Um, it, the real challenge in the beginning was just narrowing down uh, those possibilities to ones that we could accomplish in the beginning and then uh, with the resources that we had. Um, so that was the first one, and Mary and I had, you know, lots of fun figuring that stuff out. Um, beyond that, it came down to then determining the proper tools and technology to use to meet those needs uh, in, the, in the first version of the site that we created. Uh, there's a lot of different choices you can use from a technology perspective, and we wanted to make sure that we not only chose tools that would sort of meet the requirements but allow us to grow and evolve the site and tools that were uh, free or inexpensive. Uh, and that wouldn't cost us a lot uh, to maintain in the future. So we spent uh, quite a lot of time figuring out what tools to use. And then after that, it was, you know, finding the right resources to help us with that. Um, and we spent some time going through, you know, my contacts and, and others and, uh, and, and calling on individuals to help us uh, uh, participate in building out the site that we had a vision of. And, uh, you know, even though I had uh, tremendous experience in this area and lots of contacts, pulling it all together was, was in, and of, in and of itself a big challenge. Uh, but we did it and uh, launched the first site with great success. Chris, just a quick follow-up on that. You were all volunteers, weren't you? So that means that all of this work was being done by people in their spare time or in their retirement or whatever it was. And so what you're saying to us, Chris, is that... Com complex though the internet is, this can still be done by volunteers. Is that right? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. That's very important. Now, Mary, I want you've already given us some advice about uh, what others should be uh, considering and doing when they're wanting to create a charity to support family caregiving and all the things that go with it. I'd like you to go into more detail about that. You know, if somebody's listening to you right now and thinking, you know, a charity is the way we want to go, just add to the advice you've already given us to give it to that person so that they move ahead in what you would think is going to be the most successful way. Basically, I would say you really have to do this as a team. We are a team. So if you are thinking of doing this, Make sure you have a great board, a wonderful board, even before you become a registered charity. Make sure you've got the right volunteers, and I would suggest from various disciplines because they all bring something to the table that's interesting. And when you find these people, you thank them every single day because, as Chris said, we're all volunteers. And, and when they give of their heart, you just are amazed at how kind people can be. So look for great people, and then you will have greatness. Secondly, make sure as a team you write a really good business plan. My experience is I'm a daughter, so I don't necessarily have great business experience, but I surround myself with people who do. I call myself a pretty good orchestra leader. I know how to find great people and, um, and work with them. Find a great lawyer and mostly as a team, believe in what you're doing and don't do this to make money. Don't do this assuming you're going to uh, be on every TV show or radio show. It's a crowded territory. There's over 
83,000 charities in this country, and so it is crowded ground. So be very sure that this is what you want to do. There's other ways to offer support to family caregivers or to whatever cause without becoming a charity. It is an extremely um, time-consuming passion, and unless you have a passion, it won't sustain itself. Very clear. Mary, thank you for that. Now, Chris, not everybody um, is an Internet expert in the way that you are. And Mary, obviously, and you got together, not only because of your own experience with family caregiving, but because of your Internet expertise. So I'm asking you, what advice do you have for people wanting to create an internet charity about getting expertise that they're going to need in the form that you have it. Yeah. So, um, you know, if, if the person starting the charity doesn't have the, you know, the depth of experience with the internet that I do, then, then uh, they definitely need to find a volunteer who does, uh, you know, someone with a lot of, of, of experience in the area, not just um, in a short period of time, having done a lot of work in it, Briefly, but um, but over many many years, and it's the it's the it's the the recognition of the business effort behind um, e, you know e-commerce and e-business that helps out. So I would say find a volunteer that has that depth of experience both with uh, you know uh, web development, internet marketing, and social media, uh, and and find them to help you um, uh, basically avoid the the common pitfalls that you'd run into uh, when trying to do this. You know, for the first time, uh, they're going to they're going to know um, all of the you know the great shortcuts. Um, so that's one. The, the other one would be to invest what money you have on the core requirements uh, for the charity that you want to create. Um, you know, every dollar counts, and you can't just spend it sort of um, on anything. You really need to, need to save it and spend it on the on the things that are most important. Uh, perhaps the the right tools, uh, so that you're not cutting corners there. And then look for strong volunteers to help get the job done after that. Uh, and, and then the last one would be don't be afraid to partner with, you know, whether it's other charities or other websites and businesses, to get the message out there. Um, the Internet is based on, on linking and promoting one another, and uh, your charity will benefit from that as well. Right. Mary, back to you. You mentioned that eighty some thousand charities, or whatever it was, uh, in Canada, and therefore there'll be eight hundred thousand in the United States. Uh, what were the steps that you took right at the beginning? Once you'd got the registration as a charity, what were the steps that you took to make yourselves known, so that you got a presence there, so that people knew about you? What did you do? We very consciously went and. Uh, develop relationships with key industry um, groups, whether they were groups uh, marketing to seniors, for example. So we went out and we networked. We did a lot of breakfast meetings. We continued to do a lot of conferences where we have booths, where we make great connections. So getting the word out is very, very important. If you were ever offered the opportunity, as I am lucky to do, to write for publications, that's one great way to get our message out. But basically, you get very creative and you find every which way for people 
to actually find you uh, when we win grants. That is one great way for us to continue raising the credibility that we have and um, experience. So going out and working on grants, doing projects, networking locally and on the Internet are ways that we have always gone, and we continue to work those, those different avenues. Right. Just quickly, Chris, what about the Internet? How did you get your presence established on the Internet in the face of all the competition out there? What was your strategy there? Oh, from a, a technology perspective, uh, we employed um, a lot of Internet marketing, so search engine optimization uh, strategies, and that's um, essentially um, understanding who our target audience is and what phrases they would use to find the answers to the problems that they're looking for. So if they're, you know, if they're suffering through um, the declining health of their parents, what, what questions would they be looking for answers to? And, uh, and we sort of did some work around that and, uh, and created content on the site that would provide those answers. And, and in doing that, we basically connected the dots between what people were looking for um, and, the, and the content on the site, and, and the search engines helped bring us together. So in other words, it was the information seeking on the part of family caregivers and other people in the family caregiving field, that really got the internet uh, working for you because you anticipated the questions. Is that right? Yeah. 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 I think that's very important advice because what I'm going to say very quickly is that one of the things I've learned through running Family Caregivers Unite is hearing family caregivers when they're first told you know, they're first given the diagnosis of, say, Alzheimer's disease uh, in an aging parent. The, the first thing they need is information because when the doctor is giving them the diagnosis, um, they listen, but they don't really hear because their minds are racing ahead with all the challenges. So to be able to come back and go somewhere and find some trustworthy information that they can understand is enormously valuable. And that's a major service that I think... I'm right in saying, aren't I, Chris, that you're still providing? Yes, that's right. Yeah. Okay, now it's once again, it's the time to take the break, so we'll take it now. This is Dr. Gordon Etherly, and my guests are Mary Bart and Chris Cater. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Radio for Power River. Please stay with us. We will be back. up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Wealth Solutions for the 99% is a weekly talk show focused on helping you develop and execute a game plan to build wealth. Your host, Paul LaJoy, who built a $50 million plus company in less than five years, believes it's impossible to be poor in America, and he'll show you why with his innovative strategies. Joining Paul as co-host is radio personality Kim Reed, an experienced entrepreneur and corporate leader who's known as the Corporatepreneur. The show is upbeat, fun, and informative. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com 
You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. That's D-O-C, the letter G, at familycaregiversunite.org. Don't forget, you can catch new episodes of our program twice every week, Mondays on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Mary Bart and Chris Cater. Our topic is how we set up our internet charity for family caregivers. Now, I want to hear from you both about doing more to promote charitable activities among family caregivers. So, Mary, first question for you is, what do you want to do and what do you want to see done to promote charitable activities among family caregivers? Well, what we really want to do is find and expand our offerings to continue to find creative ways to reach family caregivers on their terms. Often caregivers are too busy during the day to attend workshops or to access the Internet. They're busy caregiving. So we want to find creative ways and and new opportunities to come to them on their terms when they're ready to listen or get help or ask questions. So that's one thing. And really, it comes down to measured growth. We're all volunteers, and so our time and how we spend our time is important. So with with our measured growth, we really do plan to build on the successes that we've had and support family caregivers wherever they are and whatever their, their needs are. Thank you. Chris, what do you want to do and what do you want to see done to promote charitable activities among family caregivers? Uh, well, first, I'd, I'd really like to see more people sharing their stories. Uh, I love these, uh, these stories, and uh, I think the more people can share their experiences, the better. So that's one thing I'd like to see done. Uh, on the other hand, I'd like to see a much greater uh, public recognition of caregivers uh, through traditional media and other institutions, uh, both both public, you know, recognition of their efforts, and in particular, you know, the tremendous amount of work that children do, uh, both caring for their, their siblings and, in, and in some rare cases, their parents as well, uh, but also rewarding them, you know, honoring them in the, in the efforts that they give. And I think those are two important things that we could see done. Just a clarification back to Mary. You mentioned earlier in the show that you have this hero um, system whereby you identify family caregivers who've done an obviously very good job. Do you include children in that category? Oh, absolutely. If people go to our website, there are examples of extraordinary young people doing amazing things to help their families. And one example is uh, two teenagers um, that live in the GTA, and they are caring for their mother who has no use of her arms or her legs. And so they do everything when they get home from school to help feed her, get her ready for bed, bathe her, and they are the most amazing, young, polite kids I think I have ever met. And so we look 
for those young people, and we are thrilled to go out and honor them. There's another young girl on our website, and she helps care for her two younger brothers. She's eight years old, and her brothers both have autism. So she does great things to help her mom and take care of the brothers. So caregiving really doesn't matter what your age is. There's a lot of people who are caring for their mothers with breast cancer, for example. So we are thrilled to go out. And if anybody is listening to this show and you know of somebody who is doing extraordinary things and helping out, please let us know. We are anxious to go out and give the recognition to these family caregivers through Caregiving Heroes. Beautiful. Chris, um, technical people, you know, Internet specialists and the people who sit over their computers all, all the day, uh, you don't nor- I'm not being unkind, you don't normally associate them with interest in family caregiving because they're technically minded. What's your been your experience of dealing with, working with, um, cooperating with technical people on the kind of caring and emotional issues that both of you uh, have been talking about and that Mary was talking about just a moment ago? Chris, how, what's been the reaction you've, you've experienced? Well, at the, you know, at the heart of it, um, they're, they're people. And, um, you know, even though uh, we work, you know, at uh, uh, what would generally be perceived as a non-social job all day long, uh, you know, we go home and we experience all the same things that everyone else does. And, um, you know, with the Internet, these days anyway, it's opened up a new social networking channel for a lot of people. And so uh, those that work uh, in or on the Internet uh, are also uh, very sociable as well. And, uh, and so, you know, the bottom line is they're just people, too, um, and they, you know, they know the technology behind it. Now, it's going to be the same question to both of you, starting with Mary. Mary, what's your message to family caregivers interested in charitable work? What is it, Mary? Volunteer. In one word, volunteer. We're always looking for new volunteers to come and help our charity. We actually have a rather innovative program called the Fuzzy Slippers Club where people can log on and volunteer while at home, not having to go out in awful weather and using their own gas money, for example. So we have volunteers who help us online. We also have volunteers who help with our Caregiver Heroes program and at our workshops. So for people who are looking to extend a hand and help others, really just volunteer where you are, and it will always be appreciated. Thank you. Chris, what's your message to family caregivers interested in charitable work? It's similar to Mary's. And, I, I, again, I would, I would start with, uh, at the very least, share your stories with everyone you meet. At, you know, sooner or later, everyone is going to experience these, these challenge, challenges in their lives, and the stories that you share with them are going to help them through those, uh, those periods of their life. So do that at a minimum. Uh, but if you want to get active in it, you know, think, think about the things you're comfortable doing and the skills you've got and, uh, and how you can help uh, a charity use those skills and put them to good use. And then think about what your schedule can afford and how much time you can put into it. Um, our Fuzzy Slippers Club, for example, makes it really easy because people don't have to leave their homes to help out. Um, but then find a charity that can benefit from those skills. 
and, and fundamentally, don't stop trying. You know, keep doing it. Even the smallest things that you do can have a dramatic impact on those who need the help. And you may not even know it, but you need to have faith that what you're doing is making a difference for those people. Now, I'm going to just summarize back to you what I've been hearing from you, because unfortunately, we're coming very close to the end of this very important episode. Um, you've used the word fuzzy in a particular way, but there's nothing fuzzy about the way you both have set about working on and achieving what you have achieved. What I've heard from you, on the one hand, is the power and importance of stories, then stickability, meaning that what you do and what you're trying to do must find resonance, must find, excite people, must get them uh, buying into all those words, what you're doing, because they feel it's right and they feel that this is the best way to be going. Then what I'm also hearing is you're very good managers. You're managing the money, you're managing the technology, you're managing the business plan, you're managing to make sure that the board is what this kind of organization needs. So that's the message I'm getting. And what I'm going to say to you is the same thing that I think you really are saying to the people who you support as heroes. That is, keep it up because it's needed and it's going to be needed more and more in the future as the pressures rise on the healthcare systems of North America and, in fact, everywhere. So thank you to, your, thank you to both of you and thank you for everything you've said and please, please do go on sharing the stories and doing the fuzzy slippers work because I think it's marvellous. Now I want to say thank you to our listeners. We'd like to hear your comments on this episode and from our listeners I'd like to hear about ideas for topics or, or if you're interested in being a guest on the show. And in our next episode we'll talk about partnership in family caregiving for stroke. Please join us, same time, same spot on the internet. Talk to you then. Thank you again for joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Please tune in again twice every week, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until the next show, we hope our programs help make the coming week easier and more hopeful. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.